Warning! Consumption of alcoholic beverages impairs your ability to drive a car or operate machinery and may cause health problems including but not limited to impaired judgment, organ failure, projectile expulsion of Taco Bell, limp dick, distorted recognition of potential sexual partners, and poop, lots of poop. Please enjoy this podcast responsibly. If you're happy and you know it, Papa Cook. If you're anxious and you know it, take a sip. If you're thirsty and you know it, your bottle surely show it. If you're happy and you know it. Hey, 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 wobbly winos, and welcome to Why We're Whining, the bi-weekly bender with notes of confidence and a muddy finish. <laughs> oh, I'm Tommy Lucas, still uh, st- hanging out here in my parents' basement. And I'm Lucy Zukaitis, um, still living the retired life. <laughs> and uh, today we're going to talk to you all about sharding. I think we'd better have a drink to do that. Yeah, I'd say our normal pop the cork, but uh, this one we got to do twist a little... Twist the top! Twist the top! Okay, um, so, wine of the week. You ready for this, Tommy? I don't know that I'm <laughs> ready for this at all. <laughs> our wine of the week is a, a fine wine known as Choco Vine. Choco Vine. That's correct. Yes, yes, it looks mighty fine. Choco Vine. So, you know, red wine and chocolate are famously a great combination. Delicious combination. But what happens when you combine them into a beverage together? You yell and scream at Great Aunt Bootsy that she fucked up Christmas? (laughs) Probably. Um, But this is where we get Choco Vine. It's very much a dessert wine. Uh, Yeah, I would Um, assume so. So I was looking into it last night, and their marketing is kind of fascinating. I mean... Like, there's more marketing than info on the product, truly. So that doesn't bode well for the quality of what's in the bottle. <laughs> well, I mean, according to Chocovine, it is pleasantly sinful for all sweethearts. The perfect combination of wine and chocolate. Oh, and my favorite, a match made in heaven. This is definitely targeted at some basic white bitch shit. I'm glad you said that, because that brings me to the poem that is on their homepage of their website. Jesus, okay. For best friends being always there. For moms bringing kids to training with care. For wives running a three-ring circus every day. For sisters hosting dinner parties the best way. For everyone giving without remembering and receiving without forgetting. For all their effort and endless care. For all sweethearts, Choco Vine. <laughs> what the fuck was that? So, you're right. As a uh, white woman, Lucy, how do you feel mm. about that marketing campaign? I have to give them a little credit for making it all about these relationships and our friendships and all the pictures, too, are, of course, um, women having a great time together. And... But again, it's all of like, we're just going to push this instead of actually talk about why you would want to drink this product. But if you drink it, <laughs> you'll get this beautiful life. Oh, yeah. I um, mean, because who wants to drink this brown sludge machine of despair? Well, we're about to. <laughs> you know, so all of that is good and lovely. And they're talking about how they have found this perfect combination. But what is actually in here? Well, the bottle says it's finest blend of red and 
Red wine and Dutch chocolate, imported hmm. from Holland. Yes, they do say all of this. Um, and that's about all the information that you get from Chocovine itself. Mm-hmm. Again, I couldn't find anything on the website about really like where all of this is coming from and who is responsible. Uh, but on wine.com, it says that Chocovine is blended in Holland, as we saw in the bottle, by one of the oldest, most respected cream manufacturers in the world. So a dairy farmer made this bullshit? (laughs) Essentially. But then I also found, so it's imported to the U.S. by Royal Dutch Distillers, which is a company in Miami. Oh. And they're, (laughs) I know. Oh my God. I know. Like, this is the most confusing bottle I have ever seen. Um... And then Royal Dutch, I guess, is a subsidiary of De Kuyper. That name might be familiar. They're the largest producer of cocktail liqueurs. They're mostly a cordial company, right? Yes. Yeah. I guess not terribly surprising that this falls under that umbrella. But then it's hard-pressed to even call this wine, per se, don't you think? That's what I'm wondering. And, like, how much of it is this fine French Cabernet that they assure us is in there? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, also, uh, worth noting, we're having the original. That's apparently still their most popular. The so, perfect marriage between Dutch chocolate and French cab. So they have other varietals to offer? <laughs> they, they do, if you can call it a varietal. Um, there are Christ. three other kinds. Dark chocolate, which the website says is for the gourmet taste buds. And you I can't think, even say it with a straight yeah. Chocolate and raspberry, which is the perfect temptation for your sweet tooth. And my favorite, whipped cream. What? Dutch chocolate and French wine packed with vanilla and cream. This special flavor is soft, creamy, and elegant. And going to make you shit your pants. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, I have a question. Mm -hmm. What's the ABV on this bullshit? (laughs) The ABV is 14%. What? (laughs) No, it is not. Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm not. And most cabs are not actually even 14%. So if a cab is blended with something else, that should make it less, right? Are the drunk cows (laughs) at the dairy creamery in Holland, like, juicing, like, ever clear into this? I think that's the only way that it could be that high because, like, that doesn't add up. I mean... So this makes me think that it's more... Like a liqueur of kinds, which is fine, but then can you still call it wine? Like where Right. Where do we make this distinction? And what even is it? Well, in the bottle, I mean like well, the bottle is interesting. <laughs> and, um, I mean it looks like a bottle of wine. It's got this very, you know <laughs> You like that label? Oh yeah, it's a beautiful, elegant label that has a splash of red wine and a splash of looks like chocolate syrup, like in a heart. It's fine shape. Dutch chocolate. Fine. Honey. Yes, fine Dutch chocolate. <laughs> Based on everything you've told me, I can't qualify this as wine. So before we have some, let's, uh, they have some serving suggestions for us. I was going to say, like, it looks very viscous. It does. So Chocovine suggests, they say it's delicious on its own or complimenting a cocktail. Like a margarita? (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) Though that probably contains some of De Kuyper's products. Oh, well. Let's see. Oh, shake well. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Like you do with all wine, Hold on, right? I'm going to shake it. Okay. Which we do with every wine we drink, yeah? I mean, I mm. do, clearly. <laughs> Am I wrong? Um, Got to mix those sulfites up right nice. <laughs> and then it says that it is best served chilled, neat, or over ice. And then my favorite part is that you should consume within six months of opening. <laughs> 
Like most wine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, um, we are not to mix this with acidic drinks. So I shouldn't back it with my margarita? I, I guess not. Well. So I'm glad they clarified that for yes, us. Yes, yes. Oh, also, uh, we got this bottle for ten ninety nine. Oh, what a, what a price. Yeah. What a deal, yeah. you know? It looks to me like a Kahlua almost. Oh, totally. Which I would want to put in my coffee, but I'm afraid to do that with this because is my coffee too acidic? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> like, is it going to... Curdle Congeal? it? Yeah, yeah, that's the word I was oh, looking for. Oh, God, we're going to have like Choco Vine Dutch coffee <laughs> curds if we do that. That's not okay. I think we have to stop stalling and taste it. Okay, fine. I know. So it, we've opted to oh, serve it over ice. What is it? I mean, it does smell like Dutch chocolate. Yeah, it smells delicious. I, you know, let's um. Oh yeah. I'm gonna kind of okay. just mix mine. Maybe up a we stand bit here. corrected. It does smell really good. I'm just gonna mix mine up. Oh, I should not use my straw from my coffee because of the acid. <laughs> just shove your finger in there. That's what she said. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. Okay. All right, Daddy. Okay. Here we go. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, God help us. Oh. It's like a little glass of chocolate milk. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's not bad. It's no. just like, it's just not wine. If someone said, like, you're in charge of bringing a bottle of wine to the party, yeah. I don't think. Whoa. Unless it was my sister's dinner party and I wanted to bring it as a show of support and friendship. Well, if you showed up with this to my dinner party, you'd be out on the damn porch. And there's no... <laughs> so, yes. Lucy, why on earth did we choose this bottle for our episode today? Well, Tommy, first of all, like sharding, <laughs> Choco Vine is a blend of two things that are probably better left not combined but on a more surface level it it just seemed like something brown and kind of thick and sludgy sharding and then also like the word shart which makes me laugh um it also makes me sort of crinkle my nose and that's what i do when i think of chocolate wine yeah that's um, that, that's that, why that that, that is why we are drinking this right now so, uh, yeah, we're going to talk to y'all about some sharts. Woo! <laughs> so, Lucy, you want to break down this situation for us? Oh! oh! You've been waiting to say that for a while, haven't you? Just a little, just a little. I'm going to drink to that. Um, oh. yeah. <laughs> so, I first tried to look it up in Merriam-Webster, and mm. they do not have this. You don't say. I know. Really? It's shocking. So, I went to Urban Dictionary, which seemed like a better place to really get... Get the info on the shart. I mean... So their yeah. top definition is when one attempts to fart, but shit is simultaneously ejected whilst farting. <laughs> whilst. Whilst. Then, let's see, some other top ones. A small unintended defecation that occurs when one relaxes the anal sphincter to fart. I think that's being kind. Who's, who, who are they to say it's going to be small? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And then this might be my favorite. Gas followed by mass. <laughs> Like, I never heard it that way, but yeah, that's, yeah. Like that's spot on. Are there different kinds of sharts? Well, Thomas, you know, this is, I, I kind of had a little fun doing a little bit of research on this and <gasps> surprise. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wrong end. <laughs> come on, get your colon on board. <laughs> so I've kind of blended them together and come up with a list of my own greatest hits for you. Oh, so not greatest shits, greatest hits. Oh, I'm I missed out on that. Like, also, side note, 
I'm definitely feeling my stomach like. I was just going to say, I don't know if I can have much more right now. I mean, it's, yeah. It's a little, it's sitting weird. Normally we finish the bottle, but this is this is going to be a, a test of our gut, which is <laughs> can we finish the episode before we shit our pants? Good. <laughs> anyway, on that note, the first one I've come up with is the Silent Sticky Swamp Stinker. Oh my. <laughs> this deadly air biscuit comes out hot, thick, quickly, and silently and stinks the hell out of everything. Because you just shit yourself. Oh. I mean. Yeah. Yep. So for a prime example of this one, we have Phoebe. Hi, Phoebe. Hi, Phoebe. (laughs) Uh, Phoebe says, I was walking to my college ballet class and my stomach was really hurting. So I just stopped walking and stood there and I had a huge fart and felt better. So I kept walking to class. Once I got to my building, I realized it was more than a fart that had happened. <laughs> Luckily, I wasn't in my leotard yet, but had brought it to change oh, into. Oh my God. I know. I went into the bathroom stall to change and clean up, and I think I felt really flustered and wasn't thinking straight because I threw my poopy underwear into the tampon bin in the bathroom <laughs> stall. Oh my God. All day, people kept going on about how the ladies' restroom really smelled bad and the smell wasn't going away. <laughs> She says, I, of course, told everybody. Oh, my gosh, she did? (laughs) Yes. Kudos. Hats off, Phoebe. That's impressive. She's a really good person. Yeah, no shit. But there was. (laughs) This next one here, it's the classic loud gut buster. (laughs) So this happens when you can feel the gas moving around in your stomach, trying to find its way out while your stomach is making some weird, loud interesting sounds like that one yours just did yeah and then it's accompanied by that feeling you know that feeling right (laughs) no and you have that moment where you could just like let it go and fart it out and you're going to do it loud and proud and then it's not just a fart you finish with an explosion fix everything and then yeah and it just makes big big problems for you Mm -hmm. So this gut buster comes to us from friend of the show, Holly. Hi, Holly. (laughs) The mysterious incident of the poop in the night. Um, I don't know how much you know about giving birth, having children. Um, (laughs) your, Your body takes some time to, you know, for, for things to go back in place. Um, once you actually have a baby. So it's the middle of the night and I'm up. Uh, I had, I don't even remember if I had fed the baby, if I had, was about to feed the baby. But anyway, I'm changing his diaper and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, oh, I gotta go. Whoa. Oh my gosh, I gotta go. And you know, muscles are not working. Nothing is stopping anything from happening. So and I can't leave the baby on the changing table because, you know, you can't leave a newborn just sitting there. So I don't know how I did it, but somehow I managed to scoop up the baby, run to the bathroom. Meanwhile, um, pants are filling rather quickly. (laughs) Somehow I got into the bathroom holding my newborn son onto the toilet without spilling a drop and somehow got my underwear off and 
without anything falling on the floor. And of course, my husband, of course, is sound asleep. He didn't know any of this was going on. Meanwhile, I'm like with one hand <laughs> in a, holding a newborn trying to get all this done. Um, it was super gross and super awesome. And needless to say, I had to buy new underwear. Wow, what skill! That's the thing. I'm very impressed with a lot of this. Like, I, I, it's, yeah. it's really just people, how they react in the face of adversity is really like, it's pulling through for me. Congratulations, Holly. Congrats is right. <laughs> All right, you ready for this one? Uh, probably not. Nope, nope. So this is called the tester. I guess you can guess where this is going. Uh -huh. So often happens in a public setting, but it can be done in private as well. You don't want to alert others about your fart or stink up the entire place, so you try and keep it low-key by letting mm. out a controlled tester fart, which ends up in disaster. Mm. To uh, elaborate a little more on this, we've got a friend of the show, Emily. Hi, Emily. She's going to lay it down for us. So a few years ago, I was lucky enough to get a callback for a show at the Lyric Opera in Chicago, which was a dream of mine at the time. So I had been suffering from the stomach flu for about a week before that, but I was feeling much better. I was all set to go. So I suited up, meaning I put my leotard on and my tights and my, my yoga pants and got my car. I got on the highway. I was living in the suburbs at the time, so it was a bit of a drive to the city. So I was in my car feeling good when, when I felt that wave you know, like the sweaty palms, the, the flushed cheeks, like some, something's happening. Oh no, something's happening. But it, it passed. I thought I was okay. When all of a sudden <laughs> I just felt wet. <laughs> I, I didn't, I, I didn't really know what happened at first, but I could just feel, I just felt wet in the seat of my car through my underwear, my leotard, my stretch pants. It all happened so fast. And, uh, I just saw the first exit off the highway and pulled right off, turned around, got back on the highway going the other direction, and drove home because there was no saving the situation. I had pooped myself. So I drove home. I had to call my agent, and I didn't tell them the full details. I just told them I discovered that I was not fully over the stomach flu and that I wasn't going to make it. And so that kind of ruined my chances of getting that part. But Luckily, a few years later, I got to perform on that stage and fulfill my dream. Uh, thank goodness. But yeah, that was ruined for that for that particular time. This content not sponsored by the Lyric Opera of Chicago. <laughs> oh, oh, that one hurts. It's not funny, but like, it's damn funny. It is, but it isn't. I mean, you... you... One of my greatest fears is sharding in my leotard and tights. I mean, we'll drink to that. Oh. Okay, so this one... It is the stealth shit, or the classic shark. <laughs> Start feeling a little fart coming on, so you decide to just let it out, but right at that split second, the unthinkable happens, and you realize that it wasn't a fart at all. Something else crept out of your bowels instead, and <laughs> it kind of sounds like somebody stepped on a ketchup packet. I would also like to mention that this is the classic Choco Vine, so that fits into uh, this category. This is just... A classic episode, isn't it? Classic. <laughs> so, um, friend of the show, Corey, wrote in. Hi, Corey. Hi, Corey. And uh, he had this to say. I was visiting Chicago when I was like 12 with my cousin and my uncle. My uncle had a job interview in a fancy building downtown, so my cousin and I waited in the lobby while he was in his interview. We were having a farting contest. 
How else does one pass the time at 12 years old? Yeah, okay. I got a little too confident slash a little too aggressive on one of my farts. I didn't say anything. I went to the bathroom in the lobby, threw away my boxers, and went the rest of the day sans panties. <laughs> he notes that he could really feel the Windy City that day. Ah! <laughs> well played. And, like, impressive. Like, uh, yeah. I applaud the commitment. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> This is not good. (laughs) I mean, like, it's fine, but, like, I'm not having another glass. No, this will be plenty. Yeah, we're good. Thank you. Okay. Oh, my God. My stomach (laughs) is, like, going crazy. Our body is repelling this. Yeah. It's a good thing I'm waiting to clean my toilet bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Lucy, did you have anybody respond to anything that uh, fits in with our classic chart? You know, sometimes I feel like there's a little bit of, like, cross-categorization. Okay. But I think that um, Josh... Hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. His story could definitely be a classic. So Josh says, Picture me a week or two out from my first Crohn's diagnosis and surgery. Lots of unknowns and shitty scenarios. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate his humor in light of a dark situation. Oh, yeah. I let one rip, and there it was. A shart. I was ecstatic. (laughs) (laughs) Everything was working again, and this was proof. And then he closes with, sometimes sharts are a sign of good things to come. (laughs) I love this one. I love this. Way for the positive spin, Josh. That's fantastic. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. So this one is the trombone pop with a spit valve finish. (laughs) Wow. I feel like I don't need to say much more in regards to it, but... No, that was very descriptive. Thank you. Thank you. It can be high or low pitched, Mm -hmm. elongated and drawn out, and ends with a surprise squirt of fun you really weren't expecting. (laughs) So this one seems a little more rare. A little more rare, but... We have an amazing, amazing story to go with this. So oh, good. Friend of the show, Daniel, is going to tell us all about it. Hi, Hi Daniel. Daniel. Okay, so this is a few years ago. Um, I'm doing a production of Guys and Dolls. This was my first show at a place that was, it was, you know, it was kind of a big deal. Equity House, Lort Stage. Um, choreographer was a Tony-nominated choreographer. And over here, I, I have no facility with dancing. So, um, it's just, it's kind of intimidating a little bit, you know? So at the end of the first act, I'm supposed to run on as the police officer and break up the dice game. You know, all the gamblers, they're shooting dice and there's this, this keystone cops bit. So on this particular night, I was sick. And when I say sick, I'm talking like biblical levels of sick, sweaty toothed, fever dream sick. Um, but I'm not going to call out. So I'm standing off stage. I got about five seconds before I go on, and I realize, oh man, I, I really have to fart. I got a I got a little bit of pressure building up, and I figure, well, you know, I, I better take care of that now um, before I go on stage. You know, I don't want a body mic picking that up. So I go to fart, but in the depths of my sickness, it comes out as a full throated, pants filling symphony of excrement. And I look over and I see the actor playing Brannigan and he's, his eyes are huge. And he starts to whisper at me. He says, don't go. And I just, I lock eyes with him for just the briefest of moments. And I whisper, it's too late. And I run up the ramp onto the stage. 
Now, the thing I haven't mentioned yet is, is part of this entrance to break up the dice game, the actor playing nicely, nicely is supposed to run into me and knock me over, whereupon I do a backwards roll as a part of this whole Keystone Cops thing. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't really have time to formulate a plan B during the half second I was running on for my entrance. So I just sort of, you know, I, I just sort of went for it. Rolling backwards somersault in my own sweaty filth in front of a sold out house who were there to watch Broadway veterans perform a timeless American classic. Absolutely. I mean, if I had to give a prize, it's like, I mean, to do a somersault (laughs) into your own, like, sweaty underpants shit is just, (laughs) that is already running down your own bar. (laughs) Wow. Brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, that's showbiz, right? That is showbiz. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that you're wrong. Well, (laughs) if I had a nickel. Um,. I think you might have a tie into this that might work pretty well, but this Doubtful. one is the running chart. Oh, boy. So this one happens, obviously, while you're running and starts innocently enough, slowly escaping with every step you take. Then in a sudden burst of confidence, you truly just let it go. Do <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, Care to comment? Yeah, I will say that mine was not a sudden burst of confidence thing. It was, uh, there's just no choice. Do tell. Resignation, if you will. Um, this is why I don't run anymore. Um, (laughs) so my most memorable running chart, this was like over 10 years ago. I was working at the summer theater in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska. So it was this little town and the theater fed us all of our meals at the one restaurant. And when I say meat and potatoes, we ate meat and potatoes pretty much every meal. So it's like, Noon having lunch and you're eating like a pork chop and mashed potatoes and a side salad. But it's like if you wanted to eat, that's what it was. But also with the way they were feeding us, I was like, I'm not going to fit in my costumes if I don't do something. So we were on a kind of intense schedule where the only opportunity to exercise would be on the lunch break, which was pretty short. I would much prefer to run before eating a large meal, but also with the way this was set up, like if you missed that lunchtime, you don't get fed. So if we wanted to run or exercise or whatever, it had to be after lunch. Oh God. Like right after. Oh God. So already I'm not setting myself up for success with this, but like what choice did I have? So there was this little trail along the river and I would go running there every day, training for a 5K, which I won. (laughs) Anyway, one day I'm on my run and I'm still probably a mile or so from a couple miles from the house when I like feel this starting to happen and I'm in nature, but there's also like other people are running on this trail. I'm struggling with this for a while. I like stop to walk a few times. I'm clenching as tight as I possibly can. And then I can see the double wide trailer that we lived in looming in the distance. And finally, I can't hold it in anymore. So now I have sharded and I'm in these light blue shorts. So like you can definitely see it. And at this point, I knew that there were other people running, but I was the fastest in the group. So I was like, okay, people are behind me, but I don't know how far (laughs) behind they are. So I've got to run back and get in before anyone sees me. And I think that I did, but um, it was pretty traumatic. And this is why I do not run. 
I would never run after that story either. That's yeah. fucking horrendous. Those, those shorts are gone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, that seems pretty unsalvageable. <laughs> so this one comes to us from Mallory. Hi, Mallory. And uh, she says, do you know why they call it the runs? Well, it's because running is known to kick up the digestive system and cause some issues. Oof. Several years ago, I was training for a marathon and went out for a long run. It was 14 miles, seven miles away from a house, and then seven miles back. No restrooms I was willing to use in between. Anyway, run was going great until about mile 11. That's when I could feel a disturbance in my lower abdomen. Mm. I thought, no big deal. I've been through this before. I have less than a half an hour before I'm home. I can make it. And nope, two miles away from home, on a public, full of walkers walkway, I thought I could get away with a little fart. Nuh-uh. I definitely sharted. (laughs) Two-mile walk of shame back home with my shorts a little heavier than when I set out. The end. Mallory, I can so relate. You know, as if it wasn't bad enough to shart, but then to have such a distance to get to a destination where you can actually deal with it. Yeah. Two full miles of that is brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oof. So this one... Um, is the blame game shart. Oh, no. <laughs> this is the shart that unfortunately happens in public, which leads to massive, massive embarrassment. You attempt to do a silent one, you know, only to realize you shart and everyone smells your mess. And then when the others ask, oh, my God, who just farted? Oh, my God, it stinks. You try and pretend to be all disgusted. Ew, not me. Gross. Can totally smell it, too. Who is it? You instantly feign innocence the best you can and hope no one connects the dots as you run off to assess the damage. <laughs> So, uh, friend of the show, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. And she's going to tell us all about her experience uh, working at a big job she just started. Allow me to set the scene. It was my very first week at a new theater. Very first time backstage for their long tech day. And I had noted a... A lack of anxiety poops, despite how nervous I had been about working for my very intimidating boss and meeting the cast of Grease for the first time. If I haven't had them by now, maybe I just won't get them, I thought to myself so naively. So as I'm standing in the wardrobe room, I let go what I thought was an innocent butt burp when, in fact... It was every anxious thought I'd ever had about to rocket in liquid form from my ass. Excusing myself to the ornate marble bathroom across the hall usually reserved for patrons, cheeks clenched, I proceed to find a stall and learn that I have chosen an echo chamber in which to release the colonic purge. It is at this moment that I honestly thought about just quitting and going home. However, since there was no real damage to my clothing, I literally stood up, cleaned myself off, and went back to a 12-hour workday, hoping that no one had heard what had just happened, but knowing in my heart that they did. Oh, Jesus. What a way to start the job. Yeah. (laughs) And finish it, if you know what I mean. Amen to that. (laughs) Another frequent, I could say, uh, 
character that has shown up in some of these stories has been uh, the slumber shark. Ah, oh, the slumber shark. We have a slumber shark reporting from Anna. Hi, Anna. And Anna says... Tell us about your nightmare. I spent the night at a guy's house who I was completely in love with. We didn't have sex, but passed out drinking Bud Heavy. Oh, God. <laughs> His four-year-old son was there, father of the year material. <laughs> And I woke up the next morning thinking my butt hurt. Still drunk, I said bye to him and his kid, and they were both looking at me funny. I got home, went to the bathroom, and saw that my underwear was full of poop. No! That's why they were looking at me weird. I smelled like shit. <laughs> I had sharted in my sleep. Oh my god, and she didn't even realize it? No! It is funny that, like, you think about this stuff happening when, like, we're super young babies, and then, like, when we're old and need depends. Mm -hmm. But this whole middle ground situation, it's like... Unacceptable. What's wrong with our diets and our the routines right. that we're doing this to ourselves? And, like, they don't really make the diapers for the 30-somethings. I mean, maybe they should start. Do they? Actually, you know what? They kind of do. Do they? Yeah. I feel like I'm seeing more and more advertisements. I don't know why they're directed at me. It's fine. Um, but, you know, putting younger, like not even quite middle-aged people in these being like, it's okay if I have to wear this diaper around sometimes. Ugh, I mean, I know. I guess, again, everybody poops, everybody farts. It can happen at any age, but... What happens? Why does age affect this? Well, I was doing a little um, looking on Healthline and uh, they confirmed that we are more likely to experience sharts as we age because, I don't know if you Great. knew this, but that little muscle that uh, takes care of keeping everything up where it's supposed to, uh -huh. that sphincter durability uh, tends to go away with age because, like any muscle, it ages and doesn't become as effective. Well, shit. Yeah. But this is interesting. So, you know, I don't know if this is something we have to look forward to or not, but the average human farts. Some say it's 5 to 15 times a day. I beg to differ. <laughs> I think it's more along the lines I of I don't like, call you average. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I'm, I appreciate that. Uh, I'd say it's more like 10 to 20 times a day. And can you imagine that like being 80 years old and that sphincter muscle is just like that rubber band is just blown out, mm. you know? And so like that's 20 sharts a day. <gasps> Like, is that what we have to look forward to? I don't plan to make it that far. <laughs> I mean, we won't if we keep drinking this Choco Vine. So. <laughs> yeah, pour me another glass, I guess. Oh. So why is running and runs and sharding and gastrointestinal distress <laughs> linked to physical activity, I guess? Good question, Tommy. It is, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So women's health gave us some insight into this. Okay. So first of all, this is all true for any endurance exercise, but uh, it does seem that running is the biggest culprit, as mm. we've heard. <laughs> um, so when we're running, we're increasing um, our breathing and heart rate, and this is stimulating the natural contraction of intestinal muscles, which helps move stools out efficiently. So we're making it a little too efficient now. The body's in a hurry to get blood and oxygen to the muscles, so it's all going away from the heart and rerouting away from the intestines, speeding up how quickly food makes its way through your gut. Oh, my God. And then the longer you run, the longer this is all happening. So for our marathoner... Oh, <laughs> Mallory. Oh, Mallory. 
I mean, <laughs> is this something that like marathoners deal with? Like you? Oh yeah. Like, like, and there's all these articles about like what you can do to try and eat in the like smartest way to. Like do you just not this? eat before? Do you wear no, butt I mean, plugs? You have to have I don't something. <laughs> um, this is part of why they do the carb loading, and there's all oh. these vegetables to try and avoid. And so they want like caffeine is not good. So so they want even, you to fiber and plug it up. Pretty much, but you also have to be careful to not have too much fiber because then that can also have an adverse effect. So it's like finding this compromise. This is also why I don't run. Uh, right? <laughs> I really liked this. Um, exercise physiologist Greg Justice. Hi, Hi Greg. Greg. He says, the pounding motion has an effect on the descending colon that is much like hitting the bottom of a bottle of ketchup, forcing everything toward the exit. Well, I think that we're right in our um, practice to not incorporate running into our daily lives i will only do it when it's about a mile to Krispy cream so i get my free donut reward there you go so running exacerbates it mm-hmm. what do we do how do we make ourselves well, not sharp mtv news gives us a doctor's guide to ensuring it's just a fart <laughs> <laughs> okay so dr renee backer the osteopath hi, hi renee. renee tells us number one don't expel farts with maximum thrust. Easier said than done, Renee. I know. She also suggests going on a low fart diet. What the fuck is that? So when foods are difficult to break down, they're just like hanging out in the colon for longer than they should. And then that gives us gas. Ta-da. So to minimize the amount of gas formed in the colon... Uh, this came from Healthline. There are 10 main foods to avoid. Oh, God. So, I know. It's like, basically, don't eat. Uh, no, not really. I shouldn't say that. Listeners, I'm not telling you not to eat. So, number one, beans. Yeah. Yeah, standard. Two, all dairy. Yeah. I guess this Choco Veen isn't doing anything for us. <laughs> Ooh. Three, whole grains. Oh, okay. And side note, rice is the only grain that doesn't cause gas. And then, this is the worst. Vegetables. What? I know. Specifically, like, our main culprits are going to be Brussels sprouts, broccoli, cabbage, asparagus, cauliflower, uh, carrots were mentioned on one article. These are healthy vegetables. That you need. You need fiber. Yes. But they also are gas building. So... It's that idea of finding what the balance is. Next, we have soda or carbonated drinks in general. Fruits. Specifically, apples, peaches, pears, and prunes. This is very restrictive. I know. Uh, hard candy. If sorbitol is in there, I guess that's a I thought a that gas was one of the culprit. ingredients in the Choco Vino. <laughs> Onions, chewing gum, and... Lastly, processed foods. Well, it's been nice knowing you, but my colon's going to be an overactive hellscape because I'm not doing any of that. So, yeah, there's all that. The next thing that you can do on our um, shark prevention is increasing your fiber intake. But that's... I know. I know. Okay. So they're saying that a diet that's high in fiber can sort of act as a shark prophylaxis. But this is where we run into this issue of higher fiber. This is helping prevent constipation, which can cause the kind of stools that are going to uh, stretch and 
eventually weaken the muscles in your rectum. So on one hand, like we can't be constipated, but we also don't want it to be going too far in the other direction. So it's about like finding what the right balance of fiber is for you. As if I wasn't struggling the answer to this enough, but like, how am I supposed to human? Like this is like- I know. So it sounds like it almost has to be trial and error for this. And Oh God. Um, then another one that I hadn't really thought of was find out if you have an intolerance. And then lastly, make sure to completely evacuate your bowels when on the toilet. Thanks for the tip, Healthline. Wow. Okay. Who so, knew? So another thing that kind of has an effect on um, our gastrointestinal uh, distress would be, um, I hate to say it, but our friend alcohol. No! I know. I know. So in case we didn't realize this, Dr. Elroy Vojani uh, reminds us that alcohol is an inflammatory agent. Okay, and alcohol and its byproducts are toxins, and they're the perfect storm for GI distress. Oh, man. I mean, and that's all alcohol, not just our friend Choco Vine. So essentially how this works, I mean, you always talk about, like, the beer shits or the booze shits. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's all alcohol. So, like, he says that alcohol can irritate the lining of your intestines, which is called the epithelial layer. And when this lining gets irritated, it loses its some of its absorptive properties. And what the body can't properly absorb, it expels in mm. poop and charts. Mm-hmm. So problematic. Um, yeah. But it makes sense. Like even after a huge day of drinking and whatever else, like the next day, like it's just like opening up the floodgates. <laughs> was that you or me? It was me. <laughs> this thing, Choco Vine and me are not friends. <laughs> I can't like do this it's anymore. Okay. This is bad. It's- <laughs> really on brand for the episode so jesus christ i guess we picked the right pairing for this sure did um also dr neha ningam says alcohol specifically the ethanol in alcohol increases gut motility Mm. and this means whatever's already in your colon is gonna start moving much faster oh sure and because there's less time to absorb everything that it lessens adequate water absorption absorption and as a result you got it softer watery stools the desperate need to go and Mm. if you have eaten beans or broccoli or brussels sprouts or anything Anything. that day (laughs) um that combination isn't going to necessarily be good for you know what's going on downstairs boy this is rough it's depressing right also it sounds like running and drinking basically do the same thing so so we're exercising right now (laughs) (laughs) cheers to our exercise (laughs) i'm hearing some parallels you know So is there anything we could do with the booze to make it not happen? Well, Tommy, we could stop drinking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I have to go pick up my heart from the floor. (laughs) Don't worry. There's another one right here on this taco bean (laughs) bottle. So obviously, like, of course, we always hear stay hydrated. I'm sure that helps mitigate things a little bit. But this was one I did not know about. There is the suggestion that one should take a soluble, well, take a soluble. <laughs> <clears throat> She's only it had is- <laughs> one glass of Choco Bean, Choco Vine, whatever it is. It is recommended that you should take a soluble fiber supplement before a night or morning or afternoon or whatever of imbibing. So this is something I'd never thought of. No. I also feel like I get a lot of fiber, but who knows? Like that supplement, I guess, is ensuring that you... Is it? Oh my god. Did you take your supplement? <laughs> Apparently not. 
Um, so that should help in terms of next day ramifications. But again, we have that thing where you can't take too much, especially if you're just venturing into the realm of fiber supplements, because this could also result in like spending the night bloated or farting. So I feel um, that this good ep- luck. <laughs> I feel that this episode is just full of a lot of butts. Oh wow! I'm patting myself on the back for that one. <laughs> I think I, I can't follow that. So that's discouraging. So I guess the moral of the story is like, just do what's right for you. Yeah. I mean, I guess. and so we've decided what's right for us is not running, mm-hmm. sticking to drinking, mm-hmm. and. Not Chocovine because my stomach is literally doing a symphonic yeah. concert this over here. This does not sound good. And I'm a little worried about being in this enclosed space with I was going to say, this is art becoming life in a really good way. We might have to end the episode there because I'm a little nervous. <laughs> Thank you all for sticking with us for this ridiculous episode, learning all about the shards of uh, the world. and um, Let us know what you thought. Did we go too far? Did you enjoy this? Yeah. And if you want to tell us any more shard stories, we'd love to hear them. So send it to us on all of our social media uh again we want to thank choco vine oh yes we do this delightful product of holland and those growers somewhere in france but we don't know where or who they are but thank you for this delightful whatever this is definitely a cab sauv in there yeah somewhere (laughs) we're still looking for it Also, a huge thank you to everyone who shared your shark stories with us. We could not have done this episode without you. Please, again, also don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at whining, or send us an email at wwwwining at gmail.com. I think that's about it. That I'm is. Lucy Zukaitis. And I'm Tommy Lucas. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back with you in two weeks' time. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> This has been a Tom C. Lucaitis production in association with Double Daddy Studios. Thank you for enjoying this podcast responsibly. <clears throat> okay. Okay. This is not something you <laughs> pop out on a nose. What's going on there? Is it, is it farting in your, on your <laughs> no, nose I just, I still feel trepidatious about it. Mostly because it's morning. Breakfast wine. Breakfast wine. I mean, there are worse things, I, I guess. Ready? There's another one where I, like, dug a hole and had to poop in it, but <laughs> we don't, I don't think we need that. Because <laughs> I think that's questionable in terms of... Not actually a shark. It. It's... Well, it started as a shark. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.